Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today we're going to do a deeper dive into the book, The Mountain Is You. And we're going to focus on chapter one and two and really look at the details of this book because it was one of my favorite books from last year. And I think it has so much good stuff in it to help you develop and grow. So in this book, it says the hidden enemy is ourselves. We are holding ourselves back. It's not this big mountain in front of us that we can't get around. It's us standing in our own ways. So this is a stark but liberating truth about ourselves that we face in life. Self-sabotage is hidden behind a mask of laziness or lack of willpower. No, no, no. It's often the real culprit behind unmet goals and lingering dissatisfaction. While it may seem self-inflicted, this behavior stems from these unconscious needs that we have that are seeking fulfillment. So a traumatic event, things like unprocessed emotions or distorted self-image, these can fuel these self-defeating patterns. Therefore, there really isn't a conscious choice. So the fear of vulnerability, the fear of taking risks, or facing our truest, deepest desires keep us stuck in self-sabotaging cycles. We then numb our anxieties through things like procrastination, unhealthy relationships, self-criticism, or masking avoidance for fulfillment. Therefore, breaking free from this cycle requires deep psychological excavation, pinpointing these underlying needs, and then releasing those trapped emotions and building a healthier coping mechanisms are crucial steps. We must rewrite our internal narratives and cultivate emotional intelligence and develop resilience to face our truest desires. So how do we do this? Instead of blaming external obstacles for our unfilled dreams, the truth is the biggest roadblock may be lurking within. This is all this form of self-sabotage. The subtle enemy thrives in unconscious fears and outdated self-beliefs, masquerading as anxiety, procrastination, and even unhealthy attachments. So what are these fears that we should watch out for? The number one thing is obsessing over unlikely anxieties. An example of this is something like a plane crash, because the most likely case is that they pose no real threat, offering an emotional outlet without vulnerability. The real fear like loss of control, hides behind the surface. So self-sabotage erupts when we achieve a goal clash with your internal image of yourself. So if financial stability contradicts your childhood beliefs about rich people, like they're bad people, this may subconsciously sabotage your efforts to be financially stable because you think poorly of people that are rich. Another thing that gets in your way is limiting beliefs or outdated assumptions. So let's say you struggled as a kid in school and then you learned you had a learning disability, but as a kid, you just thought you were playing stupid and that you weren't a smart person. But the truth is you may need help with that 
learning disability in order to overcome that. Or you had something like undiagnosed ADHD. This doesn't mean you can't do hard things or that you're not smart, but these assumptions are really holding you back from crucial progress towards your goal. Another big fear that holds us back is the fear of the unknown. So stepping outside of your comfort zone is so hard for humans, even if it's stepping out of your comfort zone for something good that a goal you want to achieve, it triggers resistance. We misinterpret the discomfort of stepping out of our comfort zone as negative, and therefore it hinders positive change. So breaking free from this type of fear requires introspection. So first, take out a pen and paper and identify your triggers. Notice what starts to spark your self-sabotage. Is it a goal? Is it a situation? Is it a person? Then you can work to uncover the roots. Deep dive here. What is the underlying fear or limiting belief that your behavior is protecting you from? So again, if you can't seem to save money or you keep sabotaging your promotions, is there a belief that you're not good enough to be in a leadership role? Or again, you think poorly of people that have money, so therefore you can't see yourself in that position. So challenge that narrative. Question your outdated self-image or limited belief. Do they truly serve you? Is that what you want to believe going forward? Because then you have to work with that unfamiliar new belief. And accepting that growth involves discomfort and see it as an opportunity to expand your happiness. So then you can rewrite your new narrative. What do you want to believe? And how can you get into that uncomfortable position of expanding yourself for the sake of your goals. In the book, it also talks about we all have this baseline for happiness. And if we go out and buy something new, we tend to get really, really happy for a little bit. But then we go back to our baseline feeling of however we typically feel. So this is our comfort zone. So certain circumstances will briefly push us out of our comfort zone. So then why do we sabotage our own joy? Because buying that expensive thing really isn't going to bring us happiness for long. We resist permanent change because as strange as it seems, we are wired to seek what is familiar even happiness. So if you grew up in a house where you were emotionally abused, you may grow up and be an adult and seek out an emotional abusive partner because it feels familiar. So you are self-sabotaging these relationships you're in. And this is because you have this outdated belief system that you carry around unconsciously. So for example, we may believe Um, limits on our potential, let's say. Maybe you believe I can only make $50,000 in salary. That's my ceiling because that's all I'm worth. Maybe you believe um, that you have identified negative traits. Things like, I am just an anxious person and there's never going to be any change to that. You could find comfort in negativity. So you could 
you could say that feeling nothing or apathy is better than excitement because excitement can disappoint you and and make you fall farther into a dark place. You can also have false security in suffering and believe things like bad things balance out the good. So these beliefs hold us back and they even are based on often past experiences, limiting environments, like how we grew up is not our choice. So we have to examine these past beliefs and see if they're still working for us. Or we simply have fears of the unknown. So breaking free requires a couple things. And this is looking within, having that honest self-assessment, stop being in denial about your unhappiness, and start writing down what isn't working and then challenge those limiting beliefs question those internal narratives and are they serving you what do you believe about yourself what do you believe your limits are and challenge those and then shift that mindset so reframe this negativity into empowering beliefs you deserve a fulfilling life take accountability stop blaming external factors for your unhappiness, you have the power to change. And remember, true self-love isn't blind acceptance. It's choosing to see your truth, challenging your limits, and committing to creating a life that sparks joy, not just comfort. Also, please do not fear hitting rock bottom because People often see rock bottom as the worst place to be, but it can actually be a catalyst for radical transformation. It's where we finally declare, this is it. I never want to feel this way again. I never want to look at my life like this again. So here is how rock bottom fuels change. It cracks that comfort zone. Again, we're wired to seek something that is familiar, even misery. But rock bottom even shatters that comfort, forcing us to need to change. It ignites the flames. We get fed up. We get angry. We get determined to leave that old self behind. This passion fuels us forward. Shifts in focus. So from blaming the world to taking our own personal responsibility, we realize that healing and changing needs to happen within. Also hitting that rock bottom forces new beginnings. We acknowledge the cost of saying the same is way higher than changing. So we may lose relationships when we hit rock bottom, but in the end, it propels us forward to a new authentic life. But change does not happen overnight. We must prepare for temporary discomfort. So facing those vulnerabilities, the shame, the fear, and then unlearning harmful patterns, it can be painful. And building those new foundations, replacing the old habits with healthier choices takes time and effort. And finding that new support is so important. So leaving behind old relationships that maybe don't serve you can feel really lonely at first, but these new genuine connections await you on the other side. I promise. Remember, rock bottom isn't failure. It's a launch pad. It's the moment you choose to reclaim your power, rewrite your story, 
And please remember, you're stronger than you think. You have the power to heal and create a life you love. So if you're feeling stuck, the reason may not be that you lack willpower or clarity, but you are clinging to the old. Holding on to familiar patterns, even if they're limiting, is the first and final act of self-sabotage. To truly see real change, you must be prepared to release these anchors of the old and embrace the unknown. So here's why. Habits, both good and bad, are programmed for a reason. Whether it's staying in a dead-end job or ignoring healthy habits, these behaviors fulfill unconscious needs and desires. Overcoming self-sabotage isn't about force. It's about understanding the why behind it. Self-sabotage isn't self-punishing. It's self-protecting. We cling to the familiar, even if it's unhealthy, because change is so scary. And we believe it might lead to rejection, loss, or a future we can't control. Let's face it, we are still all cavemen and cavewomen. Big, persistent issues often mask our deep attachments. So these unresolved conflicts between your conscious desires and your unconscious resistance is not a problem to solve, but something to let go of, an attachment to let go of. Humans are inherently driven creatures. We find ways to do things we truly want to do, even if it's harmful. So if you keep something in your life, even if it's self-sabotaging, there is a hidden benefit for you to uncover. So embracing the discomfort and venturing into the unknown is something you'll need help with. And here's how. You need to question those attachments. Why do you crave control? So if you're a control freak and you're craving control, why? Are you afraid to succeed if you keep seeing these failures or things not quite going your way? Is there something you're afraid of with success? Exploring those roots of your resistance can help you dig a little deeper to really see your true desires. And sometimes there's needs that are conflicting. So we need to resolve that before we figure out why we're self-sabotaging. So hidden needs behind self-sabotaging. This could look like success versus love. So striving for success might come at a cost of feeling less loved and accepted. And maybe that's your need. I want to feel loved and I want to be accepted by others. But we subconsciously hold ourselves back to maintain connections. So we self-sabotage our success in order to keep love. But is that truly what's going to happen? Will people not love you if you're successful? We also recreate familiar dynamics. Unhealthy relationships mirror those childhood experiences. Where love was associated with loss or abandonment, we tend to recreate these patterns to help understand them and hope to fix them this time. We also find comfort in problems. We get accustomed to dealing with problems and issues, so we form some strange attachment to them. So it's important to really focus on what you truly desire. And this is beyond this fleeting success or unhealthy attachments. 
Is it security, self-love, or fulfilling connections that you really want? And then once you figure out what you really want, it's time to align your actions with that authentic desire. In the book, there's common patterns to self-sabotage, and they include what the author calls upper limit, which is resisting positive experiences because they feel unfamiliar or uncomfortable. Uprooting is constantly jumping from one thing to another and not truly committing. Perfectionism is another common pattern of self-sabotage. It's avoiding action or effort due to fear of failure and not doing things perfectly. Another one is limited emotional processing. This is the inability to deal with negative emotions leading to avoidance or stagnation. Justification is when you make excuses for inaction instead of focusing on progress and outcomes. And disorganization is just what it sounds like, creating chaos as a distraction from facing some uncomfortable truths. So another one is attachment to what you don't want. So pursuing goals or dreams that no longer resonate with you because you feel like you should. Judging others is also holding you back because you can hold negative judgments about successful people and this hinders your own potential. Pride is another self-sabotaging trait. It's putting too much emphasis on maintaining this perfect image and that prevents growth and vulnerability. There's also guilt of succeeding, so feeling undeserved of happiness and abundance. Fear of failing, so avoiding attempts due to fear. Or downplaying, diminishing your own accomplishments out of fear or seemingly being arrogant. You can also develop unhealthy habits, which is engaging in behaviors that sabotage your goals, or just plain being too busy, using busyness as a distraction from deeper issues, or spending time with the wrong people, surrounding yourself with individuals who negatively influence you. The last point of these two chapters is self-sabotage, where we unconsciously hinder our own progress due to various fears and discomfort, change or limiting beliefs. There are some signs we need to look for in order to see that we're doing this. So here are some of the signs. You're focusing more on what you don't want than what you do want. So you're thinking about maybe anxieties of what could happen versus what you want your goals to be. You also may worry about worst case scenarios and have all these irrational fears. You may deny problems or put your head in the sand about things. This is also a bad sign. Prioritizing people's approval over your own well-being is also a self-sabotaging behavior. Fearing your own emotions and leaving them unprocessed can also lead to self-sabotage. Also, chasing goals without questioning your motivation. Like, why do you want that goal? Is it so people will look at you as someone that's successful or is it because you really want to change the world for the better? 
For example, I like to do this podcast so I learn for myself and I also help others. That's my motivation. I really don't care if it's popular or if I get any money from it. It's a self-development. So I've gotten clear about why I've done this. Another red flag for self-sabotage is trying to please everyone and being that people pleaser or waiting for validation or opportunities to just come to you instead of seeking them out. Another big red flag is not realizing your progress or underestimating your potential. And these are some of the things that you should look out for that show you you are self-sabotaging. So overcoming self-sabotage requires self-awareness, emotional honesty, and taking action even when it feels uncomfortable. By understanding your motivations and addressing the underlying emotions, you can break free from these limiting patterns and build a more fulfilling life. So in the next year, I will go over two chapters at a time, this whole book in more depth to hope it helps you quit self-sabotaging and reach your full potential. We'll see you next time on the Self-Improvement Book Club by Rachel.